The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast. I'm Marty Day. And I would be Christoph. And welcome and thank you for listening. Greatly appreciate you continued uh, listening. Hopefully we uh, supply you with an hour and a half. Yeah, as, <laughs> as it's been lately. Yeah. <laughs> Worth of, uh, you know, uh, two guys just yelling at clouds into a, <laughs> a purchased microphone. And yes. by clouds, I mean Vince McMahon's. Yes, yes. We, so. uh, we here at the Rough House are a uh, perfect microcosm of two of the best headlines uh, in Simpsons history, old man yells at Cloud, and of course, local man thinks wrestling is real. That's yep. <laughs> that's what you got right here. You can yep. guess which one's which, uh, but that's <laughs> that's what you got here at the Rough House. Um, it has been another busy, crazy week Jesus. in pro wrestling, uh, and it Chris, there's another pay per view tonight. Uh, okay. Yes. Sure. Um, so where we left off last week, we were on the eve of SummerSlam, the oh, yeah. biggest show of the summer. That was only uh, last week. Yes, it was like a only ago. last week. Uh, and um, I mean, everything's happened since we've had uh, yeah. titles change. We've had mm-hmm. titles revoked. We've had titles relinquished. We've had uh, uh, we've had legends die, and we had a list of five hundred people surface. Like everything possible that ha- yeah. that that can and will come out has come out um and of course we're gonna break it down as we always do i i figure we'll we'll talk a little bit about main roster wwe we'll okay. uh get into some new japan because they okay. had their their big uh uh summer show uh Jingle Jingle stadium. stadium yes the summer struggle show that was yesterday uh and then we'll probably do our our back-to-back uh nxt and AEW dynamite uh talks uh, did you want to actually start with the PWI 500? Was there much you really wanted to talk about there, Chris? Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of a pointless crusade to talk, to talk about it, right? I mean, yeah. it's a kayfabe list, which I think a lot of people do forget yes. um, when they look at it. And also, it covers 
like July of 19 through June 20 or something like yes. that, I think, yes. is, is the period, which is weird in itself. Um, so those are the two big, uh, I guess, disclaimers, caveats when talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we just t- talk about the, the top couple guys here. I mean, number one went to John Moxley, which, you know. Hard to argue. It is, although. <laughs> oh, I, I know people did. Many I, people. I, I know many people this did. This is a sham. And yeah. John Moxley. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. Guys, come on. I mean, the guy, you know. Had won the uh, AEW championship, has carried the uh, the brand on his. Well, I don't want to say he's carried it on his back, but um, he, you know he's been a focal point of it and has been one of the most refreshing and exciting uh, people to watch in 100%. the world. And, and and I think it was his departure from WWE to AEW. Like you can talk about Jericho being one of the first guys. You can talk about you know Kenny and and the Bucks and Cody being like the 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 core of the company moxley leaving wwe saying what he said publicly and yeah. going to aew was hands down one of the biggest if not the biggest story last year yeah. and it also basically you know put that chip on the shoulder of aew that they weren't going to be the next tna in so much as do they have ex wwe talent sure yeah. However, they're presenting them better than when they were in WWE, and and they are uh, a force to reckon with. And and I think yeah. Moxley is the personification of that. We're seeing more people do that same trip and and have uh, uh, equally as positive uh, end result. Your your FTRs, your Mister Brody Lees. Yep. Um, but then you got your Matt Cardona. <laughs> yeah, you have your Matt. Happy to be here, at, Matt Cardona. Yeah, comes <laughs> out for his save to uh, an audience with people in it this time and nothing, just crickets. To be fair, most people probably didn't recognize that was Zack Ryder because yeah. he is looking lesnary with how bloated and purple he is right now. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little concerned about uh, everyone's favorite action figure fan. But yes. I think maybe Chelsea Green is microdosing him with like poison or something. <laughs> I mean, she did play like a poisonous spider lady in an episode of Lucha Underground. So, That's true. You know, That's true. I wouldn't put it past her. But as always, the the PWI 500 very, very kayfabe heavy. Uh, very much seems to lean on the idea of uh, we guess these people are special. Um, like uh, Kaito uh, Kinomiya came in at 36. He's the top star of Noah. I only know that because I read The Observer. And I'm guessing that's pretty much how he ended up in the spot that he did uh, from the fine folks at PWI. Also, weirdly enough, who's Kento Miyayara? uh, That is the lead star of uh, All Japan, All Japan Pro Wrestling. So he he held the triple crown for most of this run. Um, He's very, very much like Tanahashi in both build and match style. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, because yeah. that's the first name on the list. He came in at number twenty-four that I didn't recognize. Right. Um, so, and you know, it, it's it's interesting because this is the first really full year of the PWI five hundred with AEW be excuse me being a thing, mm-hmm. and with AEW stars, you know, Moxley is number one, Jericho is number three, Cody Rose is number seven. That's three in the top ten. Yeah. Then you've got two new uh, New Japan stars in the top ten, being Naito at five and Okada at six. Back to so back. So that's half half of your top ten are non WWE people, which I I have to imagine 
is the first time this has been a thing in the PWI 500 in a long fucking time. Uh, it, it's definitely been a while since they've had three major companies that they have to sort of balance in that top ten. Um, and it also does sort of speak to uh, to to the uh, harbinger of change that that is the modern era of pro wrestling. I mean, number two guy is Adam Cole. Uh, Adam yeah. Cole is, you know, the or was hey, hey. the world champion of the number three WWE brand. But here he is kayfabe wise, the number two star in professional wrestling, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm definitely surprised by that. Also surprising, uh, I'm not sure if this is the first year they did this, uh, but there were women mixed into uh, the PWI 500, probably because of the gr- continued growth of intergender wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of all people, coming in at 78, the top women star this year is Kylie Ray. Smiley Kylie. Uh, I mean... Well, she had in this kayfabe year. She was in AEW. She's right. in TNA, uh, still doing indie stuff, and I mean, going around doing that. I guess that yeah. uh, I'm not sure what kind of titles she's won all over the place, but um, good yeah, for her. I, it is weird though that Tessa Blanchard is higher up on the or excuse me, is lower on the list considering right. she, uh, you know, was. The main the champion, champion Impact. for Impact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any way you slice it, it's an interesting list if you look it up. Um, and as always, I look forward to when people start doing the real legwork of looking up the 500 and discovering what people maybe haven't worked a match in a year plus and are in there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, people, uh, it, it's like uh, it's like the Observer Wars. People just uh, dissect it. Uh, to ridiculous lengths but yes. i mean you know you go through the 500 and there's there's you know names that you recognize throughout i mean you know even at the end like shane thorne and mikey nichols are 496 and 497 uh tyler Breeze <laughs> because even four, they weren't sure which one was which they, right they're yeah, just exactly. like let's put them next to each other dick togo coming in at yeah. 464 good for you dick uh, i will say that um in terms of my top indie guys warhorse clocked in at 106 and Danhausen was, I think, 158. Nice. Um, so good for those guys. Uh, Warhorse ranked above Minoru Suzuki. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I would agree with that, but <laughs> but that's just me. You know, I guess in terms of uh, elevating yourself in this one year, definitely. I I uh, can agree with that. I and he also that. held the internet. Uh, what is it? The Independent Wrestling Championship and mm-hmm. has defended it uh, fifty plus times or something like that. Right, so, right. You know, I guess kayfabe wise, that's a a longer title reign than probably anything Suzuki had in that year. Fair point. Fair point. So uh, to talk about main roster WWE, Chris, I I fully expected that I would come on this show and eat my words for our audience of dozens. Uh, I all tens of you. Uh, yes, uh, I thought that I was going to be coming in here and saying, you know what, and and you know what, I can't say this part. It is true, Chris. I watched SummerSlam, and it was an enjoyable show with interesting booking that I wanted to see continue on into this week. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a positive. Yeah, it's a really fun I didn't show. Watch a second, I well, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, Oscar matches with both Bailey and Sasha, respectively. Bailey retaining her SmackDown Women's Title, Sasha retaining, or Sasha, excuse me, losing 
her uh, Raw Women's title to uh, Asuka while uh, Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's title. What's what's Sasha uh, Banks' longest title reign on the main roster? Is it like uh, a month? This that? was her longest. And it wasn't even, was it about a month, if not a month? Uh, and it, it was pointed out that every time she's held the women's title, she's lost it in her first in the defense. the first defense, Which yeah. occurred here as well. Um, yeah. I, wow. I will say there's some interesting intrigue being built right now. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, Bailey and, and, and Sasha because uh, they have a women's tag title match, which did not go in the direction I think any of us were expecting. Okay. Um, but uh, they were doing a promo on uh, on SmackDown Friday night, and uh, Sasha said that she will have her vengeance. And in she, this life or the next? Uh, when she said she will have her vengeance, she looked at, for a very long time at Bailey because it was actually Bailey's fault that uh, Sasha lost the Raw Women's title to Asuka. So, so I they're think finally again, finally again, possibly this? going to have that match. God, they've been, like, teasing it for what seems like fucking ever. Literally five years since their last big singles match. Yeah, and that was at uh, Brooklyn TakeOver, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so. the, the, the fabled Iron Woman match. Yes. Which is a great fucking match. And I don't think, I mean, I guess they've been doing pretty good work recently from what I hear. But I don't think either of them reached the heights of their abilities since that match from what I can gather. Yeah, no, I, 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 as great as, like I said, even these these matches with Asuka were, definitely not on par with the Brooklyn match or the Iron Woman match at, at the following TakeOver. Um, but it is what it is. I thought those matches were really good. Um, the Street Profits had a really fun tag title match. Um, the Thunderdome presentation was actually enjoyable versus being super weird on Friday. I don't know if that's because I'm getting more used to it. And... Uh, I know there were a lot of people who kind of wringing their hands about, you know, the way the crowd was being um, told how to react, you know, to, right. to clap, but you wouldn't get the audio because obviously that'd be a weird delay or to boo and do thumbs down. Uh, it's not that different than any other studio audience of any TV show. Is it lame? Yeah. Yes. But yeah. also, I think it's the smartest thing you can do with the <clears throat> multiple second delay of the stream. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, streaming issues have been a problem uh, between this and the New Japan show, which we'll get into. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But it also, it's, you know, it's a TV show, but it's also uh, a sporting endeavor, uh, quote unquote. So, you know, to be directed who to cheer for and who to boo, um, it's a bit hack. Uh, and 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 I don't love it. Um, not to the point where I would go on Twitter and compare, you know, uh, Tony Khan asking people not to curse on national TV to it. Yeah. Uh, but Hey, I'm not a douchebag, uh, porn star stalker named Ryan Satin. So yeah, there's that constantly looking to get rehired by a company that clearly does not care about him. Anyway, anyway, uh, I was, I was also super intrigued by the end of the show because the end of the show Mm -hmm. was, uh, Admittedly, a very bad match between Braun Strowman and The Fiend. Okay. The Fiend regained the Universal Championship. Were there, were there any cinematics to this match, or was it just a straight-up wrestling match? Straight-up wrestling match, although they, they did, you know, some uh, some silly backstage <laughs> spots, which might have been pre-taped. 
Um, Do we get clangy poles? Uh, I don't recall clangy poles, but the, the finish involved uh, Braun Strowman pulling out a box cutter and cutting the tarp off or the, the canvas off of the ring. So it was uh, a finish that was done on exposed boards. Okay. Uh, if I'm, I guess, okay. I guess it's not like a street fighter or anything. So I'm yeah. trying to think of a, 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 you know, if I'm Braun Strowman and I have a box cutter, wouldn't yeah. I use it to remove the face of the opponent? But that's yeah. also really dark and morbid and yeah. jokery. And uh, I don't think Braun Strowman would think that way. No. Because he's too busy yelling at people uh, who are unsuccessful that they haven't made themselves enough money to survive a pandemic. Yes. He also had a really, really awkward interview this week where he talked about how before he had that that uh, infamous conversation with Vince McMahon where Vince said, you know, you don't need to be a champion and I'm always going to push you, blah, 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 blah. He considered killing himself. Okay. So th- thanks thanks for that, Braun. Okay, a bit of a he won the championship. He did eventually win the championship. Yeah. <coughs> wow. Excuse me. Right. Um, what, anyway. Who, uh, who was the interviewer on that piece? Uh, I, 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 I believe it was a, it was a, either a podcast or like a newspaper thing. Um, I, I, Jeez. Yeah, it was really stark and out of the blue. But nevertheless, so the Fiend wins, and no sooner has the Fiend won than all of a sudden he's getting speared out of his shoes. And, literally shoes flew off uh they, they unfortunately not literally shoes Damn. Uh, flew that off. happened on dynamite though it, it did it did <laughs> um but yeah uh the big dog with big new chompers roman reigns had <laughs> returned and he's just he's shown up and he's just beating the absolute crap out of the fiend and braun Strowman. And saying uh, that he made Braun and yelling about how Fiend's just a bitch in a mask and all these things. I'm like, I don't know where this Roman came from, but I kind of like this Roman. Like, How did he make Braun? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess he was referring to their feud putting Braun on the map. Okay. All I know was this was a focused, angry, pissed off, trash talking Ro- Roman Reigns. And for the first time in ages, yeah, probably since the original Shield debut when he was doing his baby girl interviews, I was like, "Fuck, I want to see what Roman Reigns does." Yeah, yeah. The show uh, went off the air, and I was intrigued. That's really all that they could have hoped for at this point, really. Yeah. Um, I'm for it. Let's uh, let's see let's see where it pans out. We had uh, some minor minor major. Uh, well, you see that—that's that, the thing. So, so I, I came off that that raw, oh no, excuse me, that raw, that 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 uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. I was on a high. I was looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing what are they going to do Monday on Raw. Okay, so we know there's a pay per view coming up on Sunday. Yeah, we're already getting some matches laid out. You know, we're 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 gonna have uh, we're gonna have Ray and uh, Walter go against uh, Seth Rollins and 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 Buddy Murphy. Because mm-hmm. Ray and his large adult son want payback. So it's going to be on payback. Awesome. Gotcha. So we're going to have a women's tag team match. Okay. For the belts. Bailey and Sasha, they want payback. So they're going to defend those belts against Shayna Baszler and Nia fucking Jax? Well, I thought Asuka was in that match. If you saw Facebook ads as recently as yesterday, she was supposed to be. 
So what happened on Monday to make the change? Well, they announced the match was that, and there was an angle with <laughs> Sasha and Bailey and Shayna and Nia. Wait, weren't Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler like just fighting the week prior? Yes. Okay. Yep. There you go. So already I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> so then you had uh, uh, the fact that uh, Drew McIntyre retained the title over. Right. Randy Orton. Yes. Randy Orton comes out on Monday. He's all pissed. So I'm thinking, all right, he wants payback. Right. So on Monday, he will get his payback against Drew McIntyre. Randy Orton comes out. He cuts his promo when he's interrupted by, of course, the traditional Michael Cole in the booth doing producing way. It could be. It is. It's Keith Lee. Well, you wouldn't know because he changed his music. Right. I needed that part. And thank you, Titan Tron, for explaining it to me. Because they've already taken away to me one of the most interesting things about Keith Lee, which is he performed his own music. So Keith Lee comes out. Okay, they're putting Keith Lee into that main event mix from the jump. Sure. Awesome. Keith Lee cuts a promo. Great promo. Very, very cool, calm, collected, eloquent. Basically show that Keith Lee is this big monster of a dude, but he doesn't talk like a big monster. I liked it a lot. Set up a match for that evening. Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Holy shit, Keith Lee's going to be in the mix with the top guys on Raw. Yeah. Keith Lee comes out for his match, and he's dressed like fucking Shorty G. He's got on a little tank top and big old shorts because apparently he's too big. Vince wants him to tighten up. He put fucking Andre the Giant in a singlet. Yeah. So Keith Lee lost his music. And now looks really dumpy as opposed to being the big kind of monster he was. Now, let us already point out the fact that Keith Lee has been on two main roster shows. Survivor Series and Royal Rumble, where he got super over. One of the best things I saw earlier this year was Brock Lesnar getting giddy at the fact that he gets to fight a big, big boy in Keith Lee. That was awesome. I loved that. I wanted Keith Lee in the mix of the top guys. All right, fine. Keith Lee, he has this match. Keith Lee has this match. Beats Randy Orton clean. No. no. Drew McIntyre comes out. Keith Lee completely ignored. Keith Lee literally dis- disappears while Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton f- have their fight. I yeah. literally don't know who won the match. Randy Orton punts. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has a skull fracture because it can't say concussion anymore. So a <laughs> match that's decidedly worse. A match <laughs> for Keith Lee never finished. He okay. technically still ongoing if you think about it. So they announced for payback because of course Drew McIntyre punted in the head. I think someone wants payback, and that's why tonight. On the pay-per-view, it will be Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. Okay. All right. Uh, what was the point of the match on Monday? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I just know that they've already taken a guy who has been proven to be a star in the making. A guy they can pull the trigger on. And being polite, Keith Lee, in his mid-30s, 
There ain't a long trigger to pull there. Yeah. They said, let's take away his music. They said, let's put him in a dumbass outfit. They said, let's have him do literally nothing beyond somehow getting a pay-per-view match out of this. Uh, well, hopefully he beats Randy Orton clean tonight. Um, that, that that would be lovely. I have a hunch that Drew McIntyre will show up because he yeah. wants payback. payback? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So right, that's a that's a shame. Let's go to SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. I had this. I had all this excitement on Sunday. Big dog. Kind of kind of toned down. Well, one of the things they had promoted for SmackDown this week. Yeah. Is there was going to be a Miz TV segment. Okay. Those are always uh, with, relatively entertaining. With Miz and Big E. Oh, to follow up on the promo he cut on Talking Smack the week prior. Yes. I was very excited about this. I was like, you know what? This is how they're going to build out everything with uh, with the Miz and, and Big E and make Big E a big star and, and all of that. It never happened. The segment never happened. The The advertised segment never happened. Instead, we've got Big E and Heavy Machinery against Seamus, John Morrison, and The Miz as your main event of the evening. Okay. Big E hit the big ending on The Miz for the finish. Okay. So at Payback this Sunday, we're getting Big E versus Seamus. <laughs> Wasn't that the program to begin with? Fucking I remember. I just know that they had an interesting thing going on between Big E yeah. and The Miz. The guy who was the company man versus this guy who was making comments about how the company may never love him. Yeah. You had a finish where Big E pinned The Miz. I would think that Miz wants payback on Sunday at payback. Well, no, Sheamus was on a losing team, so he wants payback against the guy who pinned his guy. I obviously. guess. I guess. Come on. Why are, you, why are you trying to put logic into this? Have you not learned? Now, <laughs> a positive of the show. Okay. Show kicks off with uh, Jeff Hardy defending his Intercontinental Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Pretty fun match. Nakamura was looking interested, looking, looking fired up. Really mm-hmm. fun. Jeff Hardy wins. AJ Styles got in the face of Jeff Hardy after the match because Hardy uh, ended up <sighs> Using uh, his knee with the knee brace, same way that uh, he ended up beating AJ Styles. That became a whole thing. Okay. All of a sudden, Sami Zayn's music hits. Oh, Sami Zayn's back. Sami Zayn's back. Not only is Sami Zayn back, but he's got his Intercontinental Championship that he never lost. And he says, Jeff's a fraud. And he boots the hell out of Jeff Hardy. So right now we have two U.S. titles going around and two intercontinental. Oh, the titles U.S. title thing around. got settled. The U.S. title thing. Oh, got okay. Settled. All right. That that. But we do have two cruiserweight titles and two intercontinental championships. Oh, but, God. But you know what? I'm okay with it because they they weren't sweeping it under the rug. They weren't just bringing back Sami Zayn and ignoring the <laughs> fact that he was champion. I'm cool with it. If this means I get Sammy Jane and Sammy Sammy Jane Sammy Jane. Zane versus Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles on Jeff my Hardy. TV, that sounds fun. Let's do that. That sounds like a hell of a match. It could be, could be. 
Now that said, later on in the show, they go back to the back and Sami Zayn's hanging out with his old buddy Cesaro and Nakamura. Okay. And Cesaro and Nakamura are pissed that he disappeared and never talked to him and uh, they beat his ass. <laughs> oh. Boy. Okay. All okay. Right. Sure. So. Why Why is AJ Styles not in the world title, universal title, uh, what, whatever titles on SmackDown? I'm not sure. Whatever title. Uh, universal. Universal. It universal. Because it's currently tied up with The Fiend. And let's talk about that. Okay. So um, the angle that was running through the show was the contract needed to be signed for the new main event of Payback, which is a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. The champion, the fiend, defending against both Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Because they both want payback on Roman Reigns. Yes. Okay. So the storyline of the, the show was Adam Pierce, who is now an on-screen character. Scrap daddy. Was looking to get a contract signed by the fiend, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns. So did he go into the Firefly Funhouse? He went to the Firefly Funhouse to start. Excuse me. And he popped up as, and I'm, I'm getting the exact name, as Postman Pierce. Okay. So he popped up and... Did he have a postal worker gimmick in his early days? or is this, No, no, this was just something random that they did. This is just some Mr. Rogers but, ripoff but, shit. But Pierce got Bray Wyatt to sign the contract. Was he wearing, like, short shorts like a postal worker does and a, a light blue button down and everything i i have a hunch that it, it was probably something where vince thought postal workers were funny i don't know oh they're in the news yeah so that happened <laughs> my friends tried to defund their entire department um so so that got signed then adam okay. pierce looked for braun Strowman. couldn't find him he found drew gulak though drew gulak says he's looking for Strowman too why? No idea. Okay. Drew Gulak. Did he check craft services? Did he check the uh, catering department? So Drew Gulak grabbed a chair and hit Braun Strowman in the back. Well, I thought they were looking for him. I guess they found him. Yes, they found him. Okay. So Strowman was angry and said he'll only sign after he destroys Drew Gulak. Braun Strowman ends up killing Drew Gulak in the ring. Braun Strowman, by the way, wearing ring gear where he looks like Corporal Kitchener from the mid-80s. He's now wearing a tight green t-shirt and camouflage pants. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty on brand for his fucking stupid ass. Yeah. So, after the match, Strowman ends up signing the contract, which means Roman Reigns was the last guy left. Okay. So, Roman Reigns... Is back in his dressing room. This is the only time Roman Reigns showed up on the show. It was after the main event. Roman Reigns sitting in his dressing room. And he said he's going to show up at Payback and win back his title. Then he looks over to his side, which is out of camera, and says, That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Oh, well, that sounds familiar. As they zoom out and show that Roman Reigns is hanging out with Paul Heyman. It was a zoom out, so there wasn't like five cuts in between the reveal. Shockingly, there was not. Okay. So it looks like Paul Heyman is now behind Roman Reigns, which I find hysterical for one, Alan Jones Styles. <laughs> is it Jones or James? Uh, it's Alan Jones. His middle name is Jones? Actually, his real name is Alan Jones. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Styles is not his real last name. What? 
Yeah, shocking, right? So, I guess Roman's a heel. And according to PW Insider, you're going to love this, Chris. Roman is the heel now. Roman is supposed to be the top heel on SmackDown. You know who the top face is going to be? On Smack The Fiend? Yes! Sure. The The monster man. the, The murderous monster man. The guy who snapped Finn Balor's neck at SummerSlam last year. And snapped Braun Strowman's neck at, at SummerSlam this year. It was last year. <laughs> the Fiend's only been year? gone a year. The, the, he's only been around a year. Oh. Yes. That's the thing that send, <laughs> sent Finn Balor to NXT. Oh, God. <laughs> it's been a year. So the, 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 so creep, the, the creepy that he's murder a monster because... is a face. And from what I – the rumor and scuttlebutt I read on the Twitterverse is that Vince thinks that Roman is a heel because he decided not to wrestle during a pandemic and he took his ball and went home. Yep. That's Vince's mindset. I mean, I'm look, I'm, I, Roman Reigns' heel I think will work really, really well. I don't think he needs Paul Heyman necessarily, but hey. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Sure. Let, let, let it roll. Give Paul something to do. We miss Paul. Uh, you know, sure. Yeah. Uh, but if that's that's the reasoning for it, that you know, incredibly even after shitty. a cancer scare, incredibly uh, and shitty. in the wor- worldwide pandemic, that we think that he thinks that fans are mad at Roman Reigns for not wrestling, yeah. that just goes to show you how ridiculously and ludicrously out of touch of reality Vince McMahon is. And it does make me wonder: was there like this call of like? All right, pals, we're now in the Thunderdome. Work or get fired. Like, because you had Roman and Sammy show up the same week, and they were the two big holdouts. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Florida. Florida definitely hasn't gotten uh, better. No, no. If anything, it it just continues to get worse. Now, am I still excited about this version of Roman Reigns? Absolutely. He comes in, literally is. Yeah. His uh, his new slogan because of his new T-shirt is "Wreck everyone and leave." I'm cool with it. I like it. I've seen, somebody uh, did a Photoshop that tweeted it. I was like, "Wreck this pussy and leave." Yeah, I want <laughs> a T-shirt. I saw that. I popped for that. That was I pretty funny because you know the thirst is real for some female wrestling fans with the Roman Reigns with the big dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they want them big chompers. Got a pedal grande. And and hey, far be it for me to mock a dude's chompers. If I had Roman Reigns money, I would have also the giant horse teeth he now has. Um, <laughs> he but, bought stock in chicklets. Yes, think, over yes. the pandemic. So. Yes. <laughs> do they still uh, make chicklets? They do. They <laughs> do. do. They really? Still okay. a thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I go, that that was weird. Uh, the, the whole thing's weird. I don't get it. And do I find myself wanting to watch Backlash? Maybe. But I will say this Payback. also. Oh, sorry. Yes, payback, not backlash. Very easy to confuse the two. They don't want backlash. They want payback. payback. They want a Mel Gibson movie. Now, I saw some speculation on the internet, and we all know how speculation goes, and we also know that speculation from fans is usually wishful thinking. What if Chris, and I don't know that this is where this is going to lead, but what if Chris... He reforms the shield with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. No. What if Chris... The universal title main event is heel Roman Reigns against a face unlike any face he's ever faced. Against a face who's trying to do things his way. Against a face who's just working his way through the top guys on SmackDown. What if it's Roman Reigns versus Big E at Mania this year? Fuck yeah. 
I'm yeah. in for that. I'm in for that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I will gladly yeah. watch that match. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome to me. That that right there would sell me completely on Mania this this coming year. Like yeah. that, mm-hmm. I, I would love that. First of all, Biggie winning the Rumble uh, is uh, high on my list of wants in 2021 mm-hmm. in terms of WWE. It's a short list, but it's high up there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's 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 fucking do that. Let's get that going, man. Yeah, that would be amazing and awesome, and and I want it to be true. I don't know if it'll be true, but uh, it you can see the seeds growing for that as a possibility. I also think there's a very real possibility that it'll be Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because of course it will. Um Goldberg. but we'll see. Anyway, Goldberg Roman Reigns are going to do it again. Well, actually do it this time. Well, well yeah, yeah they're going to promote it again and actually Yeah, do it. yeah, they'll actually deliver it. Anyway, folks, let's put a pin in WWE talk. Let's go <sighs> ahead like, and bounce over. I can over. contribute to a conversation. Yes. Let's bounce over to our friends at New Japan Pro Wrestling. This weekend was the Summer Struggle and Jingu show at Jingu Stadium, a massive baseball stadium. But on the way there, we had a few different Cork and Hall shows, including the long-awaited King of Pro Wrestling tournament matches. Um, long-awaited by whom? <laughs> by Kazuchika Okada and Kazuchika Okada alone. So here's how it ended up uh, going uh, Desperado versus Kojima was a no finishers allowed match, okay. which Desperado won by DQ as Kojima couldn't stop himself from throwing a lariat, which I think is hysterical. Okay. Uh, Sonata ended up defeating Show in a submission match, the only one that fans didn't get to vote for because Show submi- suggested a submission match and Sonata went, yeah, that sounds about right. Which is so. Uh, it, it, it's, it, is a, it is a very. Very, very uh, Sonata way of dealing with yeah. things. Yeah. Did did he win with Skull End or was it a different submission? Um, it was uh, a figure four. A figure four. He won with a figure four. Okay. Come on, show. Toro Yano <laughs> ended up defeating Bushi in what was a two count pinfall match. Which is still my favorite stipulation I've heard because <laughs> it's the most Yano stipulation yeah. ever, and I love it. And Kazuchika Okada defeated Yujiro Takahashi plus Gato and Jado in a handicap match because that's what won and not a strap match. Um, to quote the review of the Wrestling Observer, this match looked terrible on paper and it was terrible in execution. <laughs> Lowest ranked match for Okada in uh, years. Yes. Probably. Yes, but hey, it's okay, because that took us to the big Jingu Stadium show, uh, which uh, I thought it was a really cool venue visually. Yeah, I really enjoyed the setup. I mean, it was a little weird, as it is in this pandemic era, of having rows of seats empty, yes. uh, you know, opposite the hard cam. But I, I liked the, the way it was set up at the stadium. You had people spread out through the stands. Once the sun set, you had the big lights coming down, mm-hmm. the big mm-hmm. scoreboard showing everything. I, I, I enjoyed the presentation of it. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know how many fellow tape trader types uh, listen to the show, but all I could think of was um, there, there used to be some stadium shows that FMW used to run once a year uh, at Kawasaki Stadium, uh, which it now no longer exists. It's just a parking oh. lot. But, um, yeah, May 5th, they used to run a big show there every year, and that's all I could think of how, you know, the, the early card matches would be on with the sun out, and then it would get dark, and, uh, you know, 
the the chaos would ensue from there. So it was it was a nice throwback to my tape trading days watching that. Um, yeah. But uh, it ended up being a, a, a very cool show. Uh, it was quote unquote sold out, just about forty five hundred fans in attendance. Uh, I watched it with the Japanese commentary as I want to do, Chris. I know you said there's an important note about the English commentary worth sharing. Yeah, so they had Kevin Kelly um, using the same microphone that I'm using, by the way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was uh, on the East Coast. So the show started and went live for him at 4 a.m. Sunday or Saturday morning. Brutal. Uh, Chris Charlton, I believe. I'm not sure where he was, actually. I'm not sure if he was in England or Japan. He had like a static background shot of the stadium uh, in his when they popped up on screen. But there was just a slight, maybe under a second delay of the audio to what we were seeing, um, which was really distracting when they're trying to count pinfalls (laughs) because all the action uh, and keep up with the action because some of these matches, especially the junior match, you know, this shit comes fast and furious. It's hard to call and and, and realize what's going on. So the commentary suffered. I think Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton did a good job at what they were saying and selling. But just the the technical aspect of it was just slightly off and a wee bit annoying. Um, but, you know, I think they did the best they could given the situation. And I give them credit for trying. Um, and I think, you know, just aside from that little slight delay, uh, and it may not have bothered other people, but it sure. bothered me bothered me a little bit especially as the show went on and the stakes grew higher and everything else um and and to be fair you have a keener eye slash ear for that type of technical side of you exactly so so you know you're going to be bothered by it whereas the average person may just be like whatever it's kind of like me when when i notice that people still have um, uh, motion smoothing on their television yeah and it you know, just drives me up a wall, but there are other people who are like, I don't get it. Or they do the SD stretched out onto the HDTV. Oh, the worst. Anyway, <laughs> it was a brisk six match show. Uh, really? I, I, Cause I was watching the pre-show, you know, video with all the matches. I'm like, I actually want to see all of these matches. Yeah. And, which I don't think I've said for a new Japan show, not even wrestle kingdom. Cause even then there were a couple ones I wanted uh, to skip through. Yeah, and uh, they didn't do, like, the big multi-man tags or anything like that. It was just, here's our six matches in and out, which uh, made it a a much more brisk watch. Uh, A great way to spend a Saturday afternoon, as it was in my case. Here under three hours. Exactly. Uh, More of this pro wrestling, please. Yes, very much. And it kicked off with uh, the grudge match between Master Wado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. (sighs) Rough house. Rookie of the year, Master Wado. Man, so earlier in the week, uh, they they announced that he finally has a shirt. <laughs> and this shirt is a silver silhouette on a black background of who's supposed to be Master Wado doing like a Liu Kang type. Uh, it's definitely yeah. karate clip art. Yes. And it if you look at it long enough, it almost it doesn't look like that. It looks like. Somebody's like thrusting their body forward as opposed <laughs> to being in like a, a fighting stance kick yes. style. Yes. Uh, it looks terrible. Which is an excellent uh, way to describe how Masterado hits half his moves. His body's supposed to be going this way, but instead it goes the other way. This was a just dog shit match. <laughs> it was not good. Uh, man. I, Wado is trying to innovate on offense in ways that one should not innovate because half of his moves look like the other guy hurts him. 
Yes. The one I was like, yeah, even Kevin Kelly was like, I'm not sure who got the worst of that one because yeah. he didn't even fucking know. And he's in the know. <laughs> like he's he's got this one move. I believe it's literally supposed to be called like the Watto bomb or something where it, he picks a guy up in a power bomb position. And then the idea is he's supposed to fall backwards right. to land the guy on his face. It looked like Kanemaru hit double knees on him. Like that's right. Yeah, because he's landing on him. Yeah, it, it, it makes zero sense. I think this is just a, a swing and a miss gimmick. I mean, you you got yeah. you can't keep pushing this Master Wado thing. It's not working. No, no, he he is he is just embarrassingly lost out there and. It, it, there's part of me that wonders, like, is this intentional? Is he supposed to be eating shit until he figures his stuff out? Like, I don't know. Excuse me. I, I just know that it, it it's crossing that apex from this is hysterical to this is sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Like, this was the match. I was like, okay, now it's time. Like, because we've been having a lot of fun at Master Wada's expense. Yes. Because uh, it was, you know, funny at first. And now it, it has. It's gotten to the point of being sad. And I just, I don't I don't want to see the, the little guy, the little chubby guy on my, uh, on my TV. <laughs> Especially when you got other, you know, uh, young lions like, uh, you know, Yuya Yamura and a couple of the other, Yoda Suji. Yoda Suji especially. That dude's yeah. learning how to talk some shit on, uh, on promos lately. Right. Like, get these guys, give these guys a shot. Yes. All right. I mean, Master Wado, sure. Uh, Hurai Quado, I think, is his, was his actual name. Yes. Um, you know, he went on, did his excursion, I guess, in China. I don't know where no, no, no. he, he went this... to. He went to trip or, or CMLL. Uh, and then he he comes back, back as, as a as a, as a kung fu ma- master. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That should have been your first sign, Gato. That something something didn't really click. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's do a let's do a control alt delete on this guy and yeah. uh, get yeah. the old reboot. Yeah. Let's do something different with him. Put him under a mask and I don't know retrain him from scratch. Um, so <laughs> then we had the uh, King of Pro Wrestling um, uh, finals. Finals. Uh, but fatal I feel, yes, the fatal four way as it was Toroyano, Kazuchiko Kata, El Desperado, and Sonata. And Toriano won. <laughs> Toriano, the 2020 King of Pro Wrestling, which, when you think about it, makes sense in a certain uh, sense. But also, this was Okada's baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we are we we're in another year of uh, Okada has bro- has broke his brain broken. in some way. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I'd rather come back to the Red Balloon Okada than yes. uh, cre- creative Okada because. This whole thing was kind of a clusterfuckery mess. Um, Although, you know, so the way it happened is uh, Okada had, I forget if it was Sonata or Despi, one of them in his... um, Uh, He had Despi in the uh, money clip. The money clip. It's yeah. a solid name for that yes. average finisher. Yes. Uh, so he had him in the money clip, and then Yano sneaks up from behind, uh, low blow roll up, and then pins Okada. Yes. So, and the best part to me... Um, you had you had Yano winning, and then he's given this trophy, which is something you can get like at a dollar store. Yeah, it's the most ridiculously tiny, uh, hilariously insignificant trophy I've ever seen in my life. Like you look at the best of the Super Juniors or the uh, the the New Japan Cup, these massive, uh, ridiculous, gaudy trophies, and then it was this, this little fucking guy. Yeah, it was hysterical. It, it's where I realized between the finish and that trophy. That there's there's got to be a story to this, 
Um, yeah. By the way, Chris, the the link I I just texted you oh, was okay. an explanation of the uh, the weirdness that was going on on the internet this morning. Multitasking, uh, yes. like a motherfucker. Yes, because that's what I do. Um, but yeah, scroll through Twitter while we do this whole show. Uh, not not uh, Twitter. That that's <laughs> that was something else. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, just. <laughs> Just weird. I don't care. <laughs> I'm constantly well. I'm constantly on the move because I'm pulling up notes for the next thing and the next thing. So it, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, um, it, it feels like that that this entire King of Pro Wrestling thing has to be has to lead to something with like the continued mental break of Okada because Okada's also been doing all these things about how he refuses to go for the double titles because he doesn't want to bring himself down to even bother with the IC belt. Like he feels like the IC okay. belt being tied into the IWGP belt brings down the whole the thing. IWGP. Yeah. Okay. So I, I feel like there's some Okada has lost his mind story going on again. Okay. Um, and I feel like that's what's going on with this, but we'll see. Anyway, does chaos explode? Uh, Considering chaos really is just kind of a loosely thrown together group of people. Yeah. What the hell? Blow it up at this point. It's been around for a very long time, and it is. I think yeah, thirteen or so years. Yeah, I think because uh, they they talked to Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton talked about that. Yano, you know, helped form Chaos and did Okada as well. I don't know. Uh, no, it was um, uh, it was Nakamura back when. Oh really? Yeah, Okada Okada joined it was... while like it, it existed. So you know, I think yeah. it's them and Goto and. Go, yeah, uh, it makes sense. I'm trying to remember who else is in it, but it, Wait, weren't they heels at first? Yes, they were heels at first, and they just gradually became the face group. Goto worked heel. Yes, that's kind of shocking to me. Yeah, well, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Uh, well, he also seems like a guy who should have won a title by this point. But well, you know. yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so speaking of titles, we had the never open weight championship match: Minoru Suzuki. Going against Shingo Takagi, we have a new never open weight champion in Minoru Suzuki, and goddamn, this was everything we wanted it to be and more. Yeah, like I said, this shit was brutal. Like the the slaps yes. um, that Suzuki was pulling out on Shingo and the right hands and forearms they were trading with each other, the yes. big boots to the face. Like Minoru Suzuki is fifty two years old. Yes, <laughs> and is the toughest motherfucker in the world. Um, I'm I'm certain of it. Just the amount of punishment that he absorbed and dished out and enjoyed, yeah, and uh, just persevered over to win this title was fantastic. Um, yeah, me being a Shingo Supermark, uh, I'm a little bummed. But if he is going to lose this title, uh, I would want it to be to somebody to the level of a Suzuki. So I'm not I'm upset, but I'm not uh, I'm disappointed. I'm not upset. Yeah. Uh, and and really what this showed to me was the strength of Shingo right now uh, in being able not just to work a good match, but able to work a good match for his opponent. That yeah, he, he can work all kinds he, of styles. Yeah, that 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 he brings himself to the style that his opponent works. You know, yeah. whether he's doing crazy spot fests with a guy like Will Ospreay yeah. or going toe to toe with Show, or in this case, just you know, two beefy dudes bumping meat with uh, Murder Grandpa. Like I, I thought, uh, it really showed the breadth of what Shingo can do, and hopefully. This is an indication that Shingo is on his way to bigger and better things because he's ready to go. 
hands down. And G1's coming up in what, a month or yes, so? Yes, yeah. Uh, starts in the end of September, which means we should be getting the roll call of the blocks any minute now. Are they doing a – they usually do like a post-big show – Presser thing. They, they Are they do doing one this week? That not, I haven't seen anything pop up yet. Of course, maybe okay. by the time this has been posted, there'll yeah. be something. Uh, I know that there are three um, Road 2 shows that are going to be on New Japan World this week. They added two more than what was previously going to be shown. So okay. perhaps they're going to announce the A block and the B block because um, – you know, uh, those those two shows were added. Maybe that's the plan. We'll see. Gotcha. Anyway, we had a brief intermission, and then we went to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match as Taiji Ishimori shocks the world and beats Hiromu Takahashi to win the title. Uh, I don't know that this was as good. I, I will have to go back and rewatch it. I don't know if this was as good as their best as the Super Juniors final, but this was a damn fine match. Yeah, I mean, between the, these two, the the Shingo Suzuki and the, the junior heavyweight match were my two favorite matches of the night. Same. Um, and granted, I'm, you know, big fans of Hiromu and uh, Shingo, but I'm also a big Ishimori fan. Yeah. So this was this. It was another sort of thing where um, I I upset that my main guy lost the title because right. uh, Ishimori won. But I'm also an Ishimori fan, so I like that he has the title again too. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm fine with it. But it was, it was really good match, and storyline wise, it makes sense. I mean, this whole time, the whole build has been Ishimori attacking the uh, the left shoulder mm-hmm. of uh, Hiromu, and mm-hmm. it paid off because he continued attacking it during the match, and then made him tap out to the uh, bone lock. I think he's calling it now, or something um, like that. I think. Yeah, I think at- I think that's what they were calling it. It, it, it was. If, for those uh, who did not see, it's basically the yes lock. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and uh, I I thought it was really cool that for a guy like Ishimori who definitely has a lot of miles on him because you can definitely see sometimes you get work rate Ishimori and sometimes yeah. you get house show Ishimori, which yeah. hey. I get it. Uh, that, you got to save your body, man. Exactly. And, and this was one of those instances where it's like you got work rate Ishimori. Yeah. He's, he stepped it up when necessary, and uh, it just was a damn good match. And, um, again, uh, this looks like it's one of those moments where um, Hiromu may be getting ready for bigger and better things. I wouldn't be shocked to see his name announced for G1. Yeah, I mean, but, again, we've talked about this in the past. The, the junior division yeah. right now is lacking. Um, yeah, and, and it certainly doesn't help also, uh, just a news bit from the week, is that with Yo out, show yeah. announced that they that Rapungi 3K will be vacating the junior tag titles, right. uh, which I assume just means they're going to end up on Desperado and Kanemaru again. But it, it, it's one of those things where that division as a whole either needs to, A, be shaken up, or B, they just kind of bite the bullet and go, you know what, these guys are kind of all the same like it's it's not as clear a delineation between the juniors and the heavies as there used to be yeah i mean we had ishimori and okada have a match in the uh uh was new japan cup yeah yeah so you know all those guys can work all those guys you know there's there's not like massive you know it's not like a, a braun Strowman versus uh you know ishimori sort of thing <laughs> yes. although I would actually kind of yeah, I, I kind of want to see where that goes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely a scenario where it seems like for let's call it the past five years at least, 
the junior heavyweight shackle really was only under the idea of are you up through the mid card or are you a main eventer? Because, you know, a guy like Naito was a junior heavyweight. He went heavyweight and honestly, there's barely any difference in his body then and now. Same with uh, an Ibushi. Like, Ibushi's probably more jacked now, but, you know, he was still stupid sexy Ibushi then and he is now. Um, So, I... It, it, it feels like it's an unnecessary gating of their stars. And, um, you know, maybe that'll be a way they can get uh, Kushida back when his deal finally goes up with man. WWE. Because, uh, man, if there's a guy that needs to get back to Japan as soon as humanly possible, it's him. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of Ibushi, he and Tanahashi, the Golden Stars, uh, went against the dangerous techers of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the IWGP heavyweight belt or tag belts um <clears throat> kind of a shock after the storyline of of tana not being able to get it done and yeah starting to to you know lose the faith of abushi and try to regain it uh yeah tana and abushi did not get the happy ending uh as taichi and zack saber jr retained the tag titles i will say i really um i'm not a huge taichi fan uh, but I like the tag team, and I don't know if that's just Zack Saber's prickery, uh, yeah. you know, combined with Tai Chi's dickery, uh, <laughs> kind of just making them more entertaining as a whole to watch. Yeah, uh, I'd much rather watch a Dangerous Techers tag team than a Tai Chi single match. Um, but uh, but yeah, the match was you know it, it wasn't amazing. No, it it, it it didn't get into that last gear. Of- yeah crazy near falls or anything like that um it, it kind of felt like maybe there was like you know if, if we were to describe a match in act form it's like they were in you know the second act and then there was a pin it was a finish yeah yeah one of my favorite moments though uh tai chi was beating up tanahashi on the outside and ibushi walks over for to help but then around comes zach saber and just straight up you know, hooks his arm around Ibushi's neck and drags him off like he's going to go <laughs> fucking murder him in the corner or something. It was a great visual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stupid sexy Ibushi and, uh, you know, the ace not able to get it done. We'll see where this leads them. Maybe this is the end of the uh, the Golden Aces for the time being. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if uh, either one of them will go on to fight for the double belts at any point or just focus on G1 because, uh, I don't know, do you think Tanahashi could do another G1 at this point? I think at this point, Tana's going to do a G1. I, I don't know that. Like, it, it strikes me as we're in COVID. We're always like his showing is going to be more akin to what we've seen out of a Nagata or a Kojima yeah. than the standard Tana ace run. I think really probably the only big matches we'll see out of Tana during G1 is probably him versus Taichi and him versus Abushi at some point. Um, but otherwise, he's just going to be, you know, a, a warm body for a guy to have a night off with. Yeah, that's which you know. is a bummer. But, you know, the guy's been he's been yeah. the top star for the company for 10 plus years. It's yep. time to wind down. It's time to become one of the New Japan dads and, and do it well. Um, anyway, our Ooh. main event was for the double title, the IWGP heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Championships. Evil fails in his second defense as Tetsuya Naito has won the belts once again. It was better than their match at Dominion. Yes. I will say that wholeheartedly. Um, And possibly because of the fact that it was a good 12 minutes shorter. 
<laughs> there's that. Mercifully. There's the fact that uh, Sonata and Bushi actually came down to yes. help him finally. Yes. Uh, which we'd been clamoring for for uh, quite some time. <laughs> that yeah. LIJ is just like, eh, you guys go do you. Go yeah. get beat up by four guys sort of thing. Because, of course, it's a Bullet Club match. So uh, Gato and Dick Togo both got involved. There was mm-hmm. a ref bump or two. Um, you know, poor Red Shoes getting put through yeah. the ringer again yeah. um but yeah it, it was better although you know uh i i will say the experiment i'll call it that of evil as a main eventer seems to uh the chapter seems to have ended here uh at right. least you know uh, for consistently now for, for the now. time being um i in- interest wise it was interesting but i just the matches never really Never really hit for me. Um, no, nah, it's a lie. I, I enjoyed the Hiroma match. Yeah, I like the Hiroma match a, a lot as well. Uh, I think the thing that's interesting is kind of the parallel booking here, which is, you know, Naito, when he, during this during the beginning of his LIJ run as the heel, he beat Okada for the belt, had one successful defense, lost it to Okada. Uh, Okada. Uh, Jay White won the belt, had one successful defense, Lost it back to Okada. Now we have Evil beat Naito for the belt, had one successful defense, dropped it back to the hero. So, you know, you're, you're seeing Gato booking tropes build here. Yeah. I don't know if that means we're going to see Evil go down a rank or, like, you know, build himself back up in the G1 or what. I do <clears throat> genuinely think there is more gas in the tank for main event Evil, but... I think it needs to be under the idea of main event, no interference, big meaty boy bump and meat evil. Yeah, let him do his shit. Bullet club interference style evil. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, LIJ uh, loses two titles but picks up two titles. So (laughs) it's a wash for them. Exactly. (laughs) They're net zero. Uh, all evened out in the end, and uh, now, of course, we look to the G1 and, and see what's going to happen there. Is that's going to start a road to whatever Wrestle Kingdom will be this year? God, yeah, we're only what four months away at this point. Yeah, which is absolutely crazy to think about. Uh, you know, as we record this thirtieth uh, day of August, that uh, we're already on the road to these, you know, big shows. Um, just, just very, very weird. Anyway, let's now jump to what. Technically, is the Wednesday Night Wars, but there was a nice evening between them as yeah. Wednesday Night uh, NXT aired on USA. Thursday Night Dynamite aired on TNT, uh, and it's going to be a, a, a weird few weeks coming up uh, yeah. as NXT will be airing on the USA Network Tuesday, September 2nd and Tuesday, September 9th due to the NH- NHL playoffs. Um, and Dynamite will be live on TNT Wednesday uh, for uh, those weeks, uh, September 3rd, I believe, and September 10th or something like that. That sounds um, right. Oh, sorry. It's it's the first and the eighth for uh, for NXT because that okay. Tuesday is the first and then the second and ninth mm-hmm. is yeah. AEW. Yeah. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, AEW uh, going to be live both those weeks because it's the go home show. And the aftermath show for All Out. Uh, But what is particularly intriguing is even though NXT will be airing on USA on Tuesday the 1st and Tuesday the 8th, they've added rerun showings on the Sci-Fi Channel for Wednesday night up against AEW Dynamite. Can't imagine that doing too well. 
who the hell knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see how the numbers come out in the wash. What I will say is unopposed. Both shows did very well. Uh, you know, in the, the, the 800s low 800s each, yeah. um, you know, uh, I, I think both shows did well. Um, I was uh, honestly a little surprised AEW didn't get kind of bumped around in the schedule because of all the changes with the NBA playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. this week, understandable changes to the NBA playoffs. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Let's go ahead and jump into NXT first. Did you watch NXT this week, Chris? No. Okay. So I, uh, I've i taken another stand. Okay. I am um, refusing to watch NXT until Rick Boogs is a uh, standard weekly player on NXT. And I didn't mean to say that as you were drinking water because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> look like for a second there you're going to spit your water out. Uh, but um, <laughs> look, I... It's between that and the booking of this fatal four-way uh, yes, that has really yes. got Which, me to the point where, what the fuck are they even doing down there? Yeah. You have – you have. well, well, you know, well let, let's dig into it when it comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So well, sh- to, to focus on Rick Boogs first. Yes. Because uh, he's not on the show, which is well, – Unless you're looking in the crowd. Yeah, as you say. He, he's in the crowd and he's very doesn't count. <laughs> Dude, because he got hella jacked. Yeah, he he like took the 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 Matt Cardona uh, roid route there. I don't know yeah. what the fuck he's been doing, but he looks great. He's still super entertaining, and mm-hmm. he posted. I don't remember what day of the week it was. It may have been Wednesday or Thursday. He posted this tweet. He has this like full size like tackle dummy. Yes, uh, in his yeah. backyard, and he's just screaming in the pouring rain and doing stupid maneuvers to this stupid tackle dummy. And it's the it was the funniest pro wrestling shit I watched all week, and I'm like, why is this guy not giving a cha- given a chance on television to to go out there and and do this? He's been at the PC for a number of years now. Yeah, he's had maybe a handful of matches on NXT, uh, of which I think he's won zero of them. Yeah. Um, so it's just, and it bothers me to tie into the 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 second part that the same four guys get chance after chance um, and all these new guys that are hustling out there doing what they can do to try and get a name for themselves. Don't get shit. So it, 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 it's bothering me. And that's why I have, uh, I've now sworn off NXT. So now, now I'm completely not watching any WWE. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll just dig into it as quick yeah. as possible. Uh, show kicks off with Karrion Cross coming out with Scarlett. We had heard uh, early Sunday that there may have been an injury in the Keith Lee carrying cross match, and he confirmed it. Uh, he will be uh, unable to defend the NXT championship. So Triple H's favorite E-Fed character, not able to uh, continue on here due to a shoulder separation, and he has vacated the title. So uh, we went from a double champion to a single champion to a new single champion to no champion. Yeah. Vacant has regained the NXT championship. Yes. Brizongo ended up winning the NXT tag team titles in a great match with Imperium. Very uh, happy for them. Yeah. Uh, very much about the time uh, that, that, you know, that happened. I'm, I'm very excited for them. Um, and I really have become a big Eichner and Barthel guy uh, since, uh, what was it, the the uh, Survivor World's Series Collide. weekend show? Yeah, the Worlds Collide yeah. show. Um, so, uh, great run as them, uh, as tag champions, you know, they had some good matches and, and this was one of them. So bravo to them. 
Damian Priest had a promo talking about uh, the after party still going on after winning the North American Championship, but who should get in his face and ask him for the first shot? Tim Thatcher. Okay. So Timothy Thatcher, Damian Priest looks to be the next direction for the belt. It does not sound like it's signed for that Super Tuesday show coming up on the first, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see if it pops up. Well, yeah, you don't want to overshadow the Fatal Four Way because that's happening on Tuesday, right? That's happening on Tuesday, along with another match, Chris. I think you actually will want to see. We'll talk about that in a minute. Maybe. Tommaso Ciampa made his return. He defeated Jake Atlas very quickly, okay. under a minute. And then beat the crap out of Jake Atlas, threw him into the plexiglass, threw him into the steel steps, dragged him under the ring, uh, slingshotted his throat across the steel. Atlas was put on a stretcher, and then Ciampa hit him a, hit a DDT on him. So Ciampa's back and a heel. Okay. Yes. That's where he works best, so I'm fine with it. No disagreement. Uh, Candice LeRae cut a promo talking about Tegan Knox. So it sounds like that's going to be a feud. Uh, Bronson Reed was doing an interview where he was talking about wanting um, a, a future shot at the North American Championship coming off of that big ladder match. Who should pop up, though, to get in his face? Austin Theory, who I guess has been demoted to NXT. Uh, I guess... Uh... I guess the investigation is complete in that one as well. And, uh, you know, maybe NXT has clear, clearly uh, more lax investigative uh, standards than main roster. Look, so. Triple H really, really, really needs NXT to get a younger demographic. <sighs> one by one in the DMs. Yes. Uh, Mia mm. Yim came out for a match and said uh, uh, that after last week, uh, he was, uh, excuse me, uh, Mia Yim came out for a match. Robert Stone came out saying after last week, Mercedes Martinez would not be competing. So Mia Yim versus Mercedes Martinez was off. So here comes Shotzi Blackheart in her tank. She ran over Robert Stone and we Again. had Shotzi Blackheart versus Mia Yim and Shotzi Blackheart ended up winning. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Sure. Yes. Bill Regal showed up, and uh, he said uh, that they had come to a conclusion regarding the fate of the NXT title, and this is this is where Chris's goat got got. It will be a four-way, 60-minute Iron Man match on that Tuesday NXT between Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano. Chris, I ask you this. Who is the face uh, uh, let's see. Finn Balor is all smart, marky promo guy. Mm -hmm. Tommaso Ciampa just DDT the guy on the stretcher. Johnny Gargano has been evil for a while, and the uh, who's the fourth guy? Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's no, there's no clear cut face there. Yep. Yep. And also, uh, I just want to point out that we had one final beat earlier this year that told us that Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa would never have a match ever again. Right. Well, it's not a one-on-one -on -one match, so it doesn't count. Uh, until Candice LeRae shows up and gives Johnny the cup uh, that's been enshrined on their fucking yeah. dining room table creepily. Uh, yeah, fuck this match, dude. No. Yeah, uh, and, and the other thing is, literally every single one of these people winning takes us back to where we were before. The only one that is vaguely intriguing at all out of the four is a new reign for Balor now. Right, because it's been, what, four 
four years or something, something since like he that. was last NXT champion. Sure. Uh, and my issue is they're all former champions, like you yeah. said, uh, and they're just settling back into comfort as opposed to pushing forward. Yes. Um, and I, I, you know, this is like you said, it got my goat uh, on Wednesday night. And, you know, why couldn't you? elevate a Damian priest just to say, Hey, you're the North American champion. This guy, mm-hmm. um, relinquished his title. You're bumped up. And then we have a, a new scramble for the North American title yeah. to give some new people an, an opportunity. Uh, you could have done that. You could have, you know, Balor, like you said, Roddy strong, Roddy. Yeah. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Kushida, Riley. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robert fish had a, a tweet or two this week that I was like, Oh, Bobby, come on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, it was uh, very easy Reed. to be reminded that Bobby fish is 40 plus years old in that moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got Ronson Reed, you got the Cameron Grimes, you have the aforementioned Rick Boogs. You've you got, you could have sent someone from the main roster down for this match. Yeah. Saying you know, that that one of these guys wants an opportunity. Uh, it, it's it's just it's lazy and it seems counterintuitive to, you know, it, it, to make new stars. I mean, like, that's that's the thing. And I, I was texting this back and forth to you the other night. There was a I think Conrad Thompson tweeted it out. There was like a news report from the late 80s or mid 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was on like, you know, some network TV news magazine type show talking about Vince McMahon and the WWF. And I think it was Dick Ebersol who said Vince McMahon will continue to be successful. This is in like the eighties. Yes. And uh, he said, as long as he continues to make new stars and like the writing was on the wall way back then. Yes. Here we are. It's 2020. The last star. I mean, I guess we can say Roman Reigns was the the last star. The fiend. Yeah. But, the, I'm talking like transcending. Right, uh, right. Star. Who's 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 the one that you're that you can send to the Today Show, the Tonight Show, all that stuff. Right. So you're gonna send this creepy guy with uh you know striped uh, red and black pants and a clown mask to the Today Show. Yeah. No, you're fucking not. Seth Rollins. I love Seth Rollins. Not the fucking guy. And they've tried that with him. They've a couple tried times. that, and, and it, it just it never really worked. Yeah. Roman Reigns, you know, and maybe. His association with The Rock has helped that, but he's really the last guy. And I, oh god, I, I feel really icky saying that this, but his cancer uh, story also helped elevate him in yeah. the well, major it's, pop it's, culture. It's, thing. it's a uh, it's a human interest story with that. Yeah, it's no different than you know. I think uh, you know to look at the other side of of the top companies in wrestling. Um, for as much as Cody's been the guy out front, and I get it, like, you know, multi-generational wrestler, sure. worked for one, now starting a thing on his own. A guy like Kenny Omega is so interesting because of the fact that he doesn't talk like a wrestler. He doesn't right. act like a wrestler. He, he, and, he's a and, nerd. Yeah, uh, but he's an eloquent one. And yeah. and also, you know, if they want to talk about uh, the storylines he's done in, in New Japan, uh, you know, there was that documentary in Canada about, yeah. you know, how the, the Ibushi storyline spoke to LGBTQ plus fans and how that made things stand out in what is typically a testosterone-fueled business. Yeah. Like, that's a guy who you can get in front of media and it's a different angle where it's interesting. 
I don't know that there are that many guys right now. I mean, Adam Cole might be the next closest because, you know, he's been doing press for NXT, but he ain't going to, like, he ain't going to be the guy standing next to Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Fallon's like, whoa, look at this wrestler, man. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, he's no John Cena physically. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he can do the Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's, you know, there are guys, and I don't want to make it a body type thing, but just make new top guys. Like that's that should be the the meaning of NXT, I, I, I right? Mean, we, you know, we it's mission we, statement. Yes, we've talked about it at length ad nauseum. I mean, there are some guys who should have been such easy layups. A guy like Ricochet, yeah. Ricochet, right now, if he were in a prominent space. You know, to have an incredible athletic talent of color yeah. as one of your main stars would be huge. And again, great PR thing. Uh, hell, uh, Big E, if they do launch the rocket behind uh, him, incredibly eloquent. Listen to him. All the boxes. Yeah, listen to him on that New Day pod. Like that dude can talk and he's funny. And he, but he's naturally funny. He's not like, you know, uh, bad joke funny. Exactly. And he's a big dude, yeah. uh, but he has such a such a level of class to him that like it would work. But, yeah, it's just it, it's frustrating and it's frustrating to see that same issue we talk about for Raw and SmackDown permeate down to the show for the new generation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, that's that's my that's 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 my thing, and I I just I can't. Plus a, a, a sixty minute Iron Man match, like the, only the last fifteen minutes count. Yeah, you know yeah. it's well. Hopefully this time, unlike another Iron Man match this week, they'll have a clock that people can actually look at. Yeah. Yeah, for for those who did not catch it, uh, Jordan Grace let the internet in on an interesting fact about her Iron, Man, Iron Woman yeah. match with uh, Diana Parrazzo this week, Parrazzo. which I hear was very good. Uh, they didn't have a clock at all, so they had no idea if the finish actually worked. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't the ref have been feeding them times? <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something, you know, just giving them a fucking heads up there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Santos Escobar ended up defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott in... Swerve, a, yeah, there's another yeah. guy. <laughs> See, there you go. Cruzador title match, uh, very, very good match. Funny finish, though. Um, <laughs> to uh, finish the match, Santos Escobar went to the floor, put on his entrance mask, and headbutted Swerve, indicating that the ma- that the mask is loaded. Okay. Yep. Johnny good. Gargano said that he's been called the Iron Man of NXT for years, and Tuesday he's going to prove it. Finn Balor said that he will win on Tuesday. He said he's going to prove to the network, the media department, and the internet trolls hi, oh. that he will become NXT champion. Kyle O'Reilly had a good competitive match with Jake Maverick, beat Drake Maverick. Then the thing that made no sense whatsoever is Killian Dane came out, ran after Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, or, or sorry. Let me, let me take a step back. So Kyle O'Reilly beat Drake Maverick. Then Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roddy Strong beat down Drake Maverick. Then okay. Killian Dane ran out, sending out the Undisputed, Undisputed Era. Era. And yeah. Killian Dane then beat up Drake Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? 
Uh, Rhea Ripley cut a promo saying that she uh, didn't come out uh, at TakeOver to save Io Shirai. She came out to let her know she wants to challenge Io next and said that uh, Rhea... Didn't really come off that way. Said that in regards to Raquel Gonzalez, uh, that uh, if Gonzalez wants her out of the way, she'll have to make her move. Mm -hmm. Adam Cole cut a promo saying that uh, he was going to try to become a champion twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our main event of the evening was uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. Uh, what happened was uh, Mercedes Martinez came out, took out Rhea Ripley on the apron, and then Gonzalez um, ends up hitting Rhea Ripley with a big boot and a chokey slam. Wow. Okay. Yep. Ugh. So, yeah, weird way to end the show. And then Sorry about your luck, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> one dial over, we had a live AEW Dynamite, which was probably, it was a fun show, but it was probably the sloppiest live event they've ever had, up to and including some terrible timing moments, which led to a very short main event, including yeah. the majority of it being pitcher and pitcher. Um, yes. It sounds like there were technical issues abound, uh, as uh, from what I understand, if you were watching live on Fight, over the course of the show, the audio of the commentators got more and more high pitched that by the end of the show they sounded like chipmunks. I'm not making Stop. this up. Oh man. Uh, I hope so somebody posted some video on that. The part that's messed up is the only version of the show that they then had that did not have bad audio was the TNT edit with the picture in picture stuff removed. Uh, so the archival version of the show right now has no picture in picture content. So. Oops. Kind of a bummer there. But the show kicked off with two teams in the ring as we were having our tag team gauntlet. Oh, I should take a step back. Um, Excalibur not on the show, as previously announced. Um, It was Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross in the booth with Chris Jericho joining them. My understanding, though, is Excalibur did do commentary for AEW Dark on uh, on Wednesday. So uh, he'll be on Dark this coming week. But he was not on Dynamite. I don't know entirely what the deal is. I wonder if because of everything going on in sports that week, uh, or this past week, he thought maybe not the best time to be on live television. Hard mm. to say. Maybe, maybe you know, they just wanted Jericho at the booth for the final moments of the show. Yes. Uh, and they had already announced Jericho was going to be on commentary. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely don't want four people in there. Yeah. Is that... Oh, Always a mess. So we had uh, Jr. Tony, and Chris Jericho as a commentary booth. Wasn't terrible. Wasn't my favorite grouping. Uh, it was better than, you know, the, the, the first few weeks of Taz, Jr. and Shivani. Um, uh, the commentary annoyed me. <laughs> I, I, it was, you know, you had Jr. being Jr. Um, Tony's trying to be the glue. Chris Jer- Jericho, like I said, he he's... A little bit. He's too extra on commentary for too long, you know. That that sort of thing works in small bursts. But to hear, and he like stumbles when he tries to come up with something clever. It's it's too much for a two hour show. He was kind of coked out, if I'm totally honest. (laughs) But anyway, tag team gauntlet kicked off the show. The first match in the ring was the Young Bucks and the Natural Nightmares. Fun little match. Uh, QT Marshall's getting really good uh, have i ignored the fact that he's decent uh i don't know uh but the bucks too distracted by his hairline <laughs> fair point the bucks ended up winning after two super kicks and the bte trigger yeah. for the win 
So here came uh, Best Friends. So we had Best Friends versus Young Bucks, including a, uh, a spot over the course of the match where both Nick Jackson and Trent turned 20 years older before your eyes with the subtle movement of headbands. I never noticed Trent because he's always had the bandana on. I never yeah. noticed that was why. I just thought it was a, a style choice. Now, Same. <laughs> now I see why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was pretty wild. But the thing that was really wild was uh, the finish of that match. The Young Bucks went for a Meltzer driver. But here comes Hangman Page out of the blue, grabbing Nick's ankles, holding him on the apron so Trent could turn into a cradle and pin Matt Jackson clean. Yeah, an so, interesting development here. Yeah. So, uh, which would lead on to a segment later in the show. But yeah, definitely not a good time yeah. in the elite. And um, also, you know, in retrospect, it makes sense because the next team out was FTR, yes. and you didn't want to blow the, uh, the the load of having Bucks and FTR this soon. So it was it was a smart choice, and mm-hmm. um, very curious to see storyline wise where it eventually all pans out. Yes, so FTR came out, uh, and as they're coming out, they cut to the floor, and uh, Chucky T's getting his knee looked at by the ringside physician. Chucky T was selling his knees throughout the second match, so that became your story for this, the third and final match of the gauntlet, uh, as Chucky T kept going for hope spots, hit a near fall, all that fun stuff. Uh Cash murdered Trent with a suplex on the floor. Yeah. And then it was just double teaming on Chuck Taylor and his bad knee with Dax getting an an inverted figure four, uh, tapping out Chuck Taylor. So FTR gets the shot at all out. It'll be FTR against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page in a match that should be fan-fucking-tastic. Hell yeah. And that's Saturday. Yes, this coming Saturday. Damn. Yeah, and I, (laughs) I have an art fight show. At the same oh. time. Yeah, so I will be definitely multitasking for that one. Yes. Um, we had a Darby Allen hype video wearing a Ricky Starks mask, and he jumped off of a gigantic bridge into water because he's crazy. These, these, I, I gotta admit, these little Darby black and white student films aren't working for me. Yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to just get weird. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, okay, what's the highest, craziest thing I can jump off of? Whee! Okay. One of these times it's going to go wrong. Yes. Uh, yes and I hope I hope it doesn't. But, you know, law of averages will tell you eventually something's going to get broken here. Yeah. So it was announced that Darby Allen and also Lance Archer were going to be part of a 21-man casino battle royale at All Out with the winner getting a future AEW title match. Coincidentally, then, the next match was Lance Archer with Jake Roberts as he squashed Sean Maluda of the Cruiser Door Classic fame. Yeah, uh, it took me a minute to realize who he was, but then I was like, oh, OK, this guy. Yeah. Um, I, hey, I'm, I'm glad the Lance Archer squashes have come back. I always enjoy seeing him in the ring and beating somebody up. Uh, it had been, you know, I think we mentioned it last week on the show that we hadn't seen him. Yeah on dynamite uh, significantly in, in, in ring since he lost to Cody. So, uh, which was what, uh, when was, what was the fight for the, not a fight for the, what was the name of the event? Oh, uh, well, that's the thing. He had been back since Cody. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. he, he went against, uh, 
Joey Janela at uh, oh, yeah. at Fight at, at, at Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. Yes. That's the one. So uh, we come back from commercial break. Jake Roberts and Lance Archer in the ring. Oh, well, before we go to commercial break, yeah. Jake Roberts in the ring, thinking they're already at commercial because yeah. he's off in the in the uh, in, in in the corner looking out into the crowd. I'm not sure to who, but if I had to guess, in retrospect, it was probably that big titty timekeeper that was out there because <laughs> he uh, held up the uh, the peace sign to his lips and gave his uh, tongue a little flick to some lady in the in the uh, audience area, which was caught on camera. Not a great look. Real gross. Real <laughs> gross. Uh, <laughs> Real gross. Anyway, uh, Roberts is in the ring and saying, you know, there's only uh, one blemish on the record. It's cost him a lot. And Archer said he's going to win the Battle Royal. When all of a sudden, with new music, here comes Team Taz. Team and, Taz. And uh, Taz with the little hat uh, made me giggle. Uh, <laughs> he, he is full on Little League coach now, Taz. Um, the, the oversized jacket, though, is yes. great. Uh, but he got in uh, Jake Roberts' face. Jake Roberts, kind of forgetting this is a scripted show, kept cutting him off. Yeah. Um, but really the build build was Brian Cage is a big beefy boy who wants a piece of Lance Archer, which I'm all about happening. Hell yeah. Bump them meats. Yes. And uh, while that was going on, here comes Darby Allen, skates in, attacks Ricky Starks, and Starks' shoes got knocked clean off his legs. <laughs> Uh, it was funny. I think somebody, I don't remember who it was. It may have been, uh, was it Sheeta? No, it wasn't Sheeta. It was on the heel side. Maybe it was Ivelisse. Oh, it was, uh, it was, it was Diamante. Diamante. Yeah. She yeah, was, yeah, yeah. she was selling the shoes on Twitter after, yeah. after the segment. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a good bit right there. Yes. So we had a video package for the women's world championship match at all out, which absolutely ruled. Yeah. It uh, did. Putting over both Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. With Complete Billy... with voiceover from Billy Corgan. Yeah. Billy Corgan doing some nice VO on that. Nice footage from both companies. Uh, basically made it clear that this is a, a can't miss match between uh, two of the best women's wrestlers going all for yeah. It. it. Yeah. It, it had that it's sports it... feel. It, yeah, it did. The, the the truck monkeys did a really good job on that. Um, although, and I, I texted this to you because I remember when I went. I think uh, the second time to Lucha, yeah. Um, Thunder Rosa was Cobra Moon, who yes. was the head of the Reptile Tribe, I think, with uh, Vibra, aka Luchasaurus, and Daga, and um, what was the other guy's name? I don't remember. He, uh, I don't remember. God, it's been so long. I'm forgetting my lucha on the ground. Uh oh. I, I, I think it was actually Lil Cholo. Um, oh, okay. Was he under a reptile mask at the time? Because he got killed off like two times on that show. Yeah. But anyway, I remember watching a match of hers at Lucha Underground, and I remember being hot garbage. Um, yeah. So apparently she's, and I haven't watched really a match of hers in NWA or anything else. Uh, but apparently she's gotten a lot better, which is good. Uh, but you know, even not knowing or having seen a match. This hype video got me super stoked for this match. So a really effective job there. Yeah, very, very well done. Uh, and then uh, a segment that I feel like was made a lot better, although I think this is where the show went off the rails timing wise because of this edition. Um, hot crowd added a lot to the Moxley MJF contract signing. Uh, yeah. Between uh, the crowd uh, being super up for Moxley, but also super hating MJF. I thought this was really good. Uh, MJF uh, cutting a hell of a promo to Moxley's face, talking about how, you know, he 
he's loved guys like Buddy Rogers, but uh, John Moxley is just a garbage wrestler. Like guys like uh, Onita, Sandman, and John Zandig. What what yeah. weird trio to mention? Um, and then of course MJF threw the uh, Sly Insider reference about how Mox's hot little wife should give him a call, uh, which of <laughs> course uh, got Mox all fired up. But hey, they did not actually come to blows in this segment, which they pointed out. Yeah. You know, normally these contract segments end up with guys fighting, but we handle it. We sign the contracts and Mox signed his half and MJF starts laughing and said, can't believe you agreed to that match. Can't believe you agreed to the banning of the paradigm shift. But uh, Moxley said, the thing is, though, uh, there's a little something extra on there on page 17. Yeah. Didn't read the whole thing. So Moxley is going to get a match against MJF's lawyer, Mark Sterling. That's going to be it's on Dynamite next week. Stupid fun. A little warm-up match. I'm yes. for it. Santana and Ortiz had a hype video talking about the Best Friends feud, a feud which, as we found out later in the show, will not be at All Out, which yeah, very odd, very surprising. Um, that went then into a super fun eight-man tag match. Uh, I was a little bummed because Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison had the jobber entrance. I think, though, it was cut for time because yeah. the match itself gave those guys some shine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just Janela, Sunny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison against the new group of, well, I guess revived group of Butcher, Blade, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix with Eddie Kingston. Although Pentagon was being called Penta L Zero M again, so maybe there's some screwiness there. Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, copyright trademark thing sits on that, but Jr. was very cumbersomely making that known. Um, but the guy's just such a fucking star, man. Yeah. Like he just exudes charisma and crazy moves. Him and him and Phoenix together. I mean, mm -hmm. is there a better I mean, I guess it's between him and Nick Jackson as the most agile rope walkers and rope yes. work guys yes. in the business. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Butcher and Blade, who both are great in their own right. I I'm super yeah. into this team. Uh obviously my, you know, the lucha bros uh love is well established and dated here totally. but uh uh i remember who got the who got the pinfall here phoenix hit the uh springboard double stomp and onto uh, uh pillman pillman. Jr., right? pillman actually had some good moments in there too his strikes are really good he, he and i don't remember him i think he's filled out a little more yeah 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 uh, and he I got a bit beefy I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the mullet is ridiculous. Yes. But, um, you know, stick with the gimmick, kid. Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. And he only got in at that very last moment to eat the pinfall. I yeah. kind of figured that Griff Garrison kid would eat the pinfall and not yeah. Pillman Jr. But uh, I guess only yeah, one I, of them, uh, or I guess he was the only one of that team who wasn't really signed. So yeah. <laughs> he's the one who takes the fall. Oh, yeah, um, And then uh, post-match, uh, Kingston cut... A very, very quick promo. Again, I think it was because of them running out of time. And he just yeah. grabbed the mic and said, hey, there's a battle royal coming up at All Out. 21 guys. Here's five of them pointing yeah. all of them. And one of us is going to win. And he's out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Short and sweet. Very yeah. effective. Got the point across. Got the announcement over. Um, yeah. Uh, they all make sense for being in there. And then we had the championship celebration for Brody Lee. And this again is where the timing definitely went off the rails. Yeah. So the Dark Order comes out. They have a casket. <laughs> They're doing the, the the dancing pallbearers bit with the casket though, which popped me really hard. Yes. But they have a casket. They're holding a funeral for Cody and the Nightmare family. They open up the casket, tens inside the casket, 
and he sits up and he's pointing to his neck and underneath his mask he's got a crappily drawn version of the they the, sell them uh, they sell like the uh oh i know but I, this tattoos. looked like it was it was hand drawn oh uh, it was yeah i think so but oh anyway he had the cody neck tattoo which you know was silly and funny Stupid. and then yeah. Brody lee comes out and they're all excited and in a bit i'm sure it was confusing to people who don't watch bte they were talking about what they use their chili's money for including right. uh uh the purchase of six lawnmowers I don't know. Really, the highlight for me was, uh, as uh, a BTE watcher, but also just because it was funny, Brody Lee does the high-five train with everybody, and John Silver goes to do a high-five, and Brody gets out of the way to go to the next high-five because he hates John Silver. Oh, okay. Um, was he the one who he told he beat up because uh, he wanted to yes. say some shit? Yes, okay, he's right. the one who he beats up all the time. Um, gotcha. uh, <laughs> basically, if Brody Lee on BTE has a catchphrase, it's John Silver, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. Um, so then Brody, after all that, goes into the ring and cuts a full promo. Right. Where he said the open challenge is over. No more TV time for random dudes on the indies. Cody's career is over. So here come the natural nightmares. They run in. Dark Order beats them down. Then Scorpio Sky runs in, which yeah. I like. I, I, I mean, not just because I'm a big scorpio sky guy but i'm like that makes sense scorpio sky was trying to get that belt this this was his moment his opportunity now here's the guy who's saying no you can't have it right also the fact that he can exist outside of scu is good yes uh but then here comes matt cardona who just kind of bumbled down and not even the you know socially distanced live crowd gave a shit about it yeah and it made me realize that oh shit Scorpio Sky has now been downgraded to one of Cody's friends. Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, for now. I mean, you know, the guy, the sky's the limit. Mm, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sky's the limit for him. Uh, that was unintentional. Yes. Uh, but uh, I, th- I feel like if they had cut the first half of that out and just yeah. had the Brody Lee promo, because the Brody Lee promo was really good. Yes. Um, the delivery was great. Everything about that was great. If they could have cut that maybe they wouldn't have had so many timing issues there but yeah shit went really long so we went backstage dasha gonzalez catching up with the hangman talking about his actions earlier in the night young bucks got in hangman's face and matt said all the bucks ever wanted was for hangman to be their friend he said um you know hangman's become a jobber tonight page just sat there kind of solemnly and the bucks kicked page out of the elite no kenny omega on this show so we'll see where that goes and then Paige stared into a broken mirror, uh, you know, to just up the dramatics. The bit that I thought the camera should have ling- lingered on a bit longer was at the bar. Hangman was drinking and he had two untouched beers next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice, subtle touch because it, it really underlines that, that the story here is even though they have their disagreements, the Bucks care about hangman page but ftr is basically abusing hangman page's own anxieties and issues to get their way and aren't really treating him as an equal i i i I, I like i like that it's a bit more subtle than your average pro wrestling story right it's not beating you over the head with it um although it certainly seems like they're gonna be looking like maybe some new kind of four horsemen happening here with uh with tully ftr hangman and Hopefully not Sean Spears. Yeah, yeah. Fingers <laughs> but, and toes crossed on that. 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, I will say the the acting from the Bucks here was a little high school drama melodramatic. Uh, a bit, yes. Yes, but not great. Yeah, the, the points got across. And speaking of not great, we had Big Swole go against Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, and Reba in a handicap match. And... Um, Baker Britt, Britt Baker's still in a fucking wheelchair. Uh, wheelchair, and now she's rocking the dashy Cody Rhodes mask. Yeah, which is good. I like. Yes, uh, but Baker said that if Swole wins, she can get any kind of match she wants uh, uh, with Britt Baker at All Out. Uh, Baker never worked the match. Penelope Ford worked some stuff and dropped Big Swole right on top of her head. Swole was definitely out of it after that. Reba came in wearing what appeared to be the same gear that Dana Brooke used to wear. Uh, same size too and just you know it, it was shitty and for some reason penelope ford ate the pin not well reba. she's not part of the group per se i guess one now of she them is have, someone now, they uh, tried to build as an actual well, contender for the championship yeah. another one is a makeup well, now Britt Brit baker doesn't have to give her and kip free dental work so i guess anyway the uh, the card for next week was announced. Cody, or not Cody, sorry. Uh, John Moxley versus Mark Sterling. Santana and Ortiz versus the best friends. Again, not on All Out for some reason. Chris Jericho versus Joey Janela. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, and then a very weird match. It's Private Party and SCU versus the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. The winning team gets to face each other at All Out. Right, so if the Bucks and Jurassic Express win, they face each other at Wall Out, All Out, which is really weird. Yeah, the fact that that is going to be on All Out and not the but Santana not the, Ortiz best yeah. friends thing, very weird. But the part that was also weird was in the middle of all of this, they decide to run an angle. Yeah, man, this the, whole thing was just a really confusing clusterfuck. As the Dark Order comes out with a folder for Taya Conti. Right. And ask her to join the Dark Order, and Anna J talked her into it, and then they went back to hyping up matches. Is she is she going by Taya now Tanyara Tanyara now? Uh, great question. I'm I, I believe it's just Taya. Okay, all right. Because I it's weird because I was confused as to whether or not that was just Jim Ross not knowing what was what her name was or yeah. something like that, or if that's yeah, I think they they called her Taya on. Um, Okay. Uh, on the uh, the ta- women's tag match. So uh, there's stuff. there's Taya Conchi, yes. and then there's Taya, who is Mrs. Mundo. Yeah. In Impact. Mrs. Morrison in Impact. Okay. All yeah. Right. Uh, who lost her Valkyrie because there was another Valkyrie. I don't know. It's confusing. Anyway, uh, then uh, they announced that at All Out, it's going to be the Natural Nightmares, Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky against the Dark Order of Brody Lee, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and Colt Cabana. Okay. Our main event was a tables match between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. Um, they There were two commercial breaks during this. Yeah. Including one where both guys bladed. Yeah. Not on TV. Uh, this seemed to be basically a gigantic receipt for Matt Hardy to beat the hell out of Sammy Guevara. Sammy ends up winning with a uh, superplex through a table that had a chair open underneath, underneath. it. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible ouch brutal and uh what was a sign of how little time they had left but ended up being an incredible moment and shot uh they're they're showing sammy celebrating on the ring apron when all of a sudden 
Orange Cassidy's music hits and he looking like a fucking cryptid on like sightings or something is just darting past in the background. He's a human blur. They cut yeah. to another shot and all you see is flying Orange Cassidy dive and take out the entire backing of the announcer set as he takes out Chris Jericho. See, I didn't see the actual dive. It looked like they missed the actual dive and you saw like kind of him already on top of Jericho taking out, you know, they, they missed the actual flying part. I, uh, yeah, I think they just got really the impact. The, but nevertheless, right. yeah, no, it, it, was great. It, it was wild. It was crazy. It was this big brawl. Everyone ran out to try to separate them. The hectic ending. Yeah, it was hectic. It was crazy. It was one of those things really, oh, shit, I kind of do want to see a third match now. Um, I, I, I thought it was all well put together, even if it was a wild mess. Uh, that resulted in crazy timing. And speaking of crazy timing, I just looked and saw we've gone an hour and 40 minutes. So let's wrap this up. Chris, anything you want to say before we go? No. All right. Bye. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1-N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. The Rough House Podcast is brought to you by the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well. If you want to like me, have a good talk style words with your speech, simply make sure that you cut the promo for people to be like, yeah, that man has the points for with talking app. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is now accepting applications for prospective new students. Are you an aspiring pro wrestler but not sure if you can handle yourself on the stick? Then call the AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well to hone your craft just like the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. For example, Claire Lynch, that ain't a, that's not a good. So I was like, uh-uh. And, and then Dixie Carter, she said, hmm. And I'm like, you got it because I'm, I'm the one that's pheno- phenomenal. I'm in a phenomenal one here in this environment of wrestling. All right, we got six sides on like... Start four now, AJ! We got four sides in the... One, this is my house, and this is where I live. I'm the best I'm the best that's ever been in the world. Because I'm the best that there is. Be the best that there is, just like AJ Styles. The AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well will make sure you're ready to take the squared circle by vociferous force. Classes include Spitting Hot Fire 101, Advanced Pipe Bomb Dropping, and Mush Mouth Management. Send in your application now to the AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well and make yourself phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one AJ Style, and if you have desires to speak in a fashion much than the way that I have done talks before, with the way I've done words all the, with my mouth, I make speak, and people go, man, and then I kick people usually it heads I, my head I'm in the 
I kick them in the head, is what I do. Um, I'm a total knockout. ECW, TNA. TNA is what I'm in. Because that's, that's where I'm... Really hoping I get hired by WWE. I'll wear a mask. I hear there's a Sin Cara opening. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is located in the Deep South, right in front of Foreign Object Warehouse and perpendicular to the KFC. 